During the coronavirus lockdown, we all became acutely aware of the importance of green spaces in our lives to escape and unwind, especially for those living in urban neighbourhoods and cities. So it is massively exciting that we'll be getting our first city centre park here in Manchester in over a hundred years. It's crucial we celebrate these spaces and their importance, not only for our well-being and health, but also their history. And over the next three episodes of Park Life, I will be doing just that. Today, we focus on the water and a story that has worrying echoes of what is happening now in 2022, with privately owned water companies causing major environmental damage by discharging huge amounts of sewage into public waterways and conservation sites. What lessons can we learn from history to protect our waterways and public green spaces? And what impact will this have on the positive well-being of our people and the planet? Factory girls, I'll have you understand. I'm going to leave the factory and return to my own land. No more I'll lay my bobbins up, no more I'll take them down. No more I'll clean my dirty work, for I'm going out of town. The River Medlock here in Mayfield, Manchester, has been covered up by concrete for over 50 years. It's a beautiful, meandering river that's got a really rich history connected to Manchester's industrial past. I'm just walking over from the city's main train station, Piccadilly. The Mayfield site is just around the corner from here. And I'm on my way there now to see the team involved in uncovering it, daylighting it, they call it, to find out what they're up to. My name is Jamie Green. I'm a producer and sound designer. And thanks to the National Lottery Heritage Fund, I'm going to be exploring the past, present and future of the Mayfield site here in Manchester's city centre. The Mayfield district in Manchester was a powerhouse during the Industrial Revolution. They've recently uncovered the remains of a Victorian bathhouse. It was also the city's morgue for a while, a train station and the warehouse depot here has hosted artists like the Chemical Brothers, Jamie XX and Fortet. To start off with, I'm off to meet Dan Dubovitz, He's a cultural master planner who's been part of developing cities all over the UK and he's now turning his attention to Mayfield. What we're looking at here, uh, most prominently, I think, and it's everything about the site is the Medlock, the River Medlock running through it. I started by asking him to tell me a little more about the early stages of the Industrial Revolution right here in Mayfield. In the 16 and 1700s, non-conformists were pretty much persecuted in the UK. And certain places, certain cities, certain towns were real refuges for people like Quakers who weren't allowed to take up any kind of office in the church or in the military or in Parliament. And so they gravitated towards Manchester and that's how Manchester became this radical city. And one Quaker who came here, Thomas Hoyle, stood over there in Ardwick and looked onto this river flowing through a meadow and purchases the land on the banks of the river which become known as Mayfield at that time, perhaps because his wife was called Mary. And he set out to build a factory as part of the emerging industrial revolution in Manchester. And within his lifetime, he established an industrial suburb. So when he started his factory here, nearly everybody was from Manchester. When he'd finished, perhaps only one in five or one in six people were 
from Manchester. Everyone else had just arrived. So he was really there experiencing the Industrial Revolution right at the beginning. This is one of the first places where it happened, and it happened incredibly intensely. When you stood here four or five years ago, you could barely see the River Medlock. It was underground. And now these metal beams that you're seeing that make the entrance and are visible on the new bridges across the Medlock, there were lots and lots of those, and they spanned the Medlock, and they were what turned it from a beautiful river flowing through a meadow, which is possibly where the Medlock gets its name originally and how it looks on the 17. 80s maps and the very earliest descriptions of it to an industrial sewer for all the runoff chemicals from dyeing fabric. So they had the ability to turn the river from red to green to blue in the same day here. So they just culverted it, which means they turned it into a tunnel effectively underground. can go and see the palaces that many of the industrialists built for themselves they became incredibly rich incredibly quickly and they took that wealth and invested it in themselves and that heightened the severity of conditions for people living and working in the city I mean you couldn't see 100 meters down the road for the smoke and the health problems and the alcoholism and the quality of life and just the working regime of the mills through the nights, children's working, all the stuff we're finding through parliamentary reports and so on. You said that you, you went to work in the mill when you were quite little. How old were you when you first I went? I was 12 years old and I was in English Martyr School and it was after the, the mill and after the school. So the Industrial Revolution was in full swing here in Manchester. The city had been transformed but with harsh working conditions, poor sanitation and a lack of facilities, people's lives were incredibly tough. However, they tried to do things a little differently here at Mayfield. Things were different in Mayfield. It was trying to build a society. So it was Quakers who'd built this Hoyles factory. The beer map shows seven places selling beer, specifically just on Hoyles Street alone. Yet the area of their factory shows like a little blind spot where there's less alcohol and it's all living together and he was building a lot of market gardens houses are being built cheek by jowl with the industry so that everybody had a little bit of land and gave up their own house within the Mayfield site and they gave that over to all the employees of the factory so that they could get books and get papers and get coffee because Houses were terrible. With three bedrooms, two down in a scullery that were a bit bigger than most. And there were, I mean, father and mother, four sisters and me. <laughs> Mrs. had sleep in the bed here and I had one at bottom of bed across. But the real significant thing was that they built public baths, which were real groundbreaking public baths and washrooms, and sort of set the bar really nationally for this sort of sanitation program. So their story, hardly reported, and there's very little left about it, can be gleaned just from some of their deeds.
can almost imagine the sound of people splashing about in the pool whilst you're having your bath upstairs, the sound of the steam moving through the pipes. It would have been a real sensory experience. So my name's Oliver Cook, and I'm an archaeologist at the University of Salford. In 2020 and 2021, me and other colleagues from the university were engaged in an excavation at Mayfield. As a visitor to the baths, you would have been faced with this kind of really striking facade on Boardman Street, which is now Bering Street, the street that runs from Piccadilly to the Mancunian Way. You would have entered through one of a number of doors, depending on how much money you had to spare. So you'd pass through the doors and there'd be a turnstile, and we actually found part of the turnstile in the baths in all the demolition rubble. So we have a good idea of what it would have looked like, and you can imagine it would have been tiled and quite ornate. We've got a couple of uh, newspaper articles describing the baths as being commodious and extensive, and that they were much frequented. These weren't just functional buildings, they were really, really aesthetically pleasing as well. Mayfield Baths had these little architectural flourishes inspired from buildings in Florence and Tuscany. So you could almost see this building being plucked out of, from Italy and, and dropped in Manchester. It's um, Manchester in the early 19th century was booming. It's a cotton town. People were being drawn in from all across the country and also from Ireland as well, so the population really boomed. And the response to this was lots of um, people throwing up houses very quickly, but often without any forethought for sanitation. I think in 1849 only quarter of the town's houses had piped water and the rest had to get it from the pump in the street or wells. Washing, bathing, they weren't easy tasks in the home so people were beginning to realise that there was a real need uh, to provide public facilities for the working classes. So the Medlock has an incredible history. What began as a serene river flowing through a meadow became a polluted industrial sewer later covered up to facilitate the area's rapid expansion. It was also a symbol of improving conditions with the Victorian bathhouse and water wells. But I want to know, what's the plan for it now? So what we're seeing here is the daylighting of that river and the river being a river in a meadow, not an industrial waste for the first time. And this park is being built around that meadow. It was always a floodplain. There's stories of historic floods on it. So the way it's been built will allow it to flood again. Uh, and it's part of the ecosystem of the city again. You can see it's this beautiful meandering river. So it recovered during lockdown because we daylighted it during lockdown. And as a result, a lot of wildlife moved back in here and it's established itself really quite quickly. And that's been helped by the planting of reed beds in the river, dredging it and cleaning it. What's a shock to the city is that it has this glorious river. And as you walk around the river, you're going to see trout have established themselves. Geese have moved in really quickly. You're going to see a heron. I've seen kingfishers. Yeah, it's a real change, you know, in the story of Manchester. Being around water makes me feel amazing. The sound so nice. Like in a very sunny, hot day, then you sit near the water. It's amazing. The whole atmosphere that being around water like creates is like a, this atmosphere of like calmness and like you're able to just be alone with your thoughts. 
So for me, being around water is really invigorating. Um, I think it makes a huge difference, whether that's kind of swimming or just like hearing it, being around the flow. Um, it's a really calming experience, especially, you know, it, bring, it brings some really good memories of, of being with friends and, and family. So yeah, I love water. I think it, uh, it really brings life to the area. Water is very calming for me. I like to go to places near water, so maybe a river or the sea when I'm maybe feeling a bit stressed and it makes me feel tranquil and helps me think. Being around water makes, I'm a musician, so it makes me feel tranquil, you know? If I have some classical music on when I'm, you know, watching water or in the presence of, or yeah, it's quite a, it adds to like a, it's like picturesque, you know? Manchester is the story of the Anthropocene, where everything changed at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution and, you know, locking the river underground is a real example of one of those changes. And I suppose opening it up is the first stage of mitigating climate change and it's a real visible testament to, to what we need to unpick. That's why, it's to me, it's so profound to see the river now as this park opens it's just you know and that that's what's almost going to be the new shock city for everybody what did we do look what we've got so that's the river and you can come down and see it for yourself now next time on park life i'll be uncovering how a forgotten wasteland in the beating heart of manchester has transformed into the first city center park in over a hundred years I want to discover how Mayfield is setting a new standard for sustainability by preserving and reusing materials from the site's industrial past and find out why access to green space is so vital for those living in cities, especially with the levels of depression rising exponentially over the pandemic, while strain on the NHS has prevented people from accessing mental health support. Parklife is a Reform Radio production funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund. I'm Jamie Green. And I'll see you next time. When I set out for Lowell, the factory fortified, I left my native country and all my friends behind. Sing it, C-I-V-O, sing it, C-I-V-A. Now I am in Lowell and someone by the bell. I think less of the factory than of my native bell. Sing it, C-I-V-O, sing it, C-I-V-A. Before the factory bell begin to ring, all of mine, and to our old employment, so where else she turned away? Sing it, C-I-V-O, sing it, C-I-V-A. Come all you weary factory girls, I'll have you understand. I mean to leave the factory and go back to my native land. Sing it, C-I-V-O.